So one thing that we've got today that's uh, exciting to me is we've got um, a special guest with us, um, Sammy Mon. If uh, Sammy will just come up. Sammy is the, the president of World Relief. Uh, he and his wife, Lorelai, um, are out for a couple days um, for the Congo Benefit Concert tonight. And Sammy's been at World Relief for a couple of years. He came from GM and is, um, it's just really cool that he's with us, with us here today. So I'm going to give him the mic and let him just share a little bit about World Relief. And would you welcome Sammy? Thanks so much uh, for the welcome. And uh, you'll definitely enjoy hearing from my brother Marcel in a bit. Uh, forgive me, I brought some notes up just because Ken asked me to, to express a few things. And I just spent 24 hours getting here from London. And uh, so my mind, I was worried it might escape me or something. I might go into a stupor. Uh, so uh, anyway, just to say that a little bit about World Relief. We are actually celebrating our 65th year uh, this year. Uh, we were founded in 1944 actually by what is now known as the National Association of Evangelicals. It was basically the churches of America who were reaching out and responding to the devastation uh, from World War II. People displaced and, and all the things. And, and so the churches uh, created what they call the War Relief. And, uh, and in World Relief, the name just changed. It became more global in, in its uh, scope and its reach. And uh, we do basically three major things at World Relief. Uh, we have uh, our operations in the U.S. We have about 25 offices in the U.S. where we minister to refugees and immigrants. These are persecuted peoples uh, and immigrants, uh, helping to connect them with churches, with people like yourselves who will, uh, you know, in the, in the long run, love them into the kingdom. And so uh, I just want to recognize we have some of our staff here, actually, who crossed the border from Idaho to, to be here. So uh, thank you for coming. And, uh, and then the second thing that we do is disaster response. Uh, we respond to things like tsunamis and uh, Hurricane Katrina and uh, also, uh, you know, things like earthquakes that happen. So we, we do that uh, around the world, and, and that can come and go uh, by God's grace. Uh, we hope not to actually have too many of them. But there's always this constancy of need. And then the final thing that we do is actually what you here, Antioch, are involved with us in, and that is uh, international locations where there is significant post-conflict uh, it could be a war-torn area like the DRC. Uh, it can be post-genocide areas like Rwanda, uh, Cambodia. And we work in those areas, the hardest places, uh, to basically do many things related to health, uh, uh, children's health, uh, maternal child health, uh, HIV AIDS. Uh, we are one of the largest uh, microfinance institutions in the world. Those are those microloans that you might probably hear about. Uh, we work in agriculture uh, and in peace building, which, uh, which you'll hear a little bit about here as well. So uh, again, I just want to thank you uh, for what you're doing. Uh, you know, the mission at World Relief is like nine simple words. It's empowering the local church to serve the most vulnerable. And inside those nine words is just a huge richness. And, uh, and part of, uh, of carrying out that mission is to create uh, community. And we say we create that community when we actually recognize and begin as a body of Christ to recognize that uh, maybe we've been compassionate people, like maybe we've cared enough to send a check or to, uh, you know, or just to uh, write a letter or something, but I don't think we've gotten that community part right. And that is where we are trying to build community, meaning that we see people uh, in these places as our brothers and sisters and as family. And when you get that part right, Oh my goodness, uh, the whole, your whole thing changes. You become 
uh, it, your whole your fervency changes, the urgency changes, uh, the frequency changes, and so that's what you are doing. And I just want to thank you, Antioch, because you are helping us to blaze a path to see how could we establish that community uh, from a place like Bend, Oregon, to a place like the DR Congo. And, uh, and so as we get that right, two things are going to happen. One is we aren't ever going to stop because I don't stop when anybody in my family needs me. I just can't. I just have to go until I'm done and expended. And the other thing is in that effort, not only will we transform for the good, the people of the DR Congo and places like that, but you watch. We ourselves will become transformed. We will be mutually transformed so that we're better for it, and we will be more like the people that Christ asks us to be. So thank you, church, and, uh, and I look forward to, uh, to being with you tonight. Uh, I've got my good friend Ann Mara with me real quick, and she's going to help explain a little bit about the heartbeat behind the, the World Relief uh, Next project and kind of what that is and, and what we do with that and kind of where we want to see it go uh, kind of here in the near future and kind of the long term. So, Ann, thanks for being here. Thank you, Matt. Good morning, everybody. Um, it's, I, I can hardly believe today is here. It has been months in the making, and we are beside ourselves with excitement um, for the Congo Benefit Concert tonight. Um, for those of you who haven't been with us since the inception of World Relief Next, I just want to give you a quick recap. Um, Dan Brosey, who worked with World Relief um, for 10 years, primarily in Rwanda and Burundi, returned home to his home in Bend and started attending Antioch Church. And it was through his conversations with um, Ken Weitzma that the question started to be asked, what can we as a church, as a body of believers do to reach out and help the most vulnerable people in the world? And what we came to realize was that World Relief do a phenomenal job in empowering local leaders and pastors and equipping them to serve their people. And when we were there last April um, visiting the Congo, it was startling to see that all of the staff are Congolese. And they really are the experts in, in determining what is best to address the needs of their communities. And so, um, as World Relief Next, we really wanted to come behind World Relief and serve them and ask them, what can we do from here in the United States? What can we do through our church to better help you address the needs of the vulnerable people around the world. Um, and I, I think in addition to serving World Relief, I think the real calling of World Relief Next is to collaborate and bring together groups of people, churches, individuals, to come together for a common purpose and sh to show the love of God that we have to places far away from our own communities. And the project, the CD-DVD project, is one such example of a phenomenal collaborative effort. And we went out to dinner on Friday night with a group of about 20, 25 people, mainly comprised of musicians and sound engineers and technicians who all contributed and volunteered their time to make this project happen. World Relief Next is a group of people who volunteer, and it's purely volunteer-driven, and by the grace of God and individual contributions that have been made to World Relief Next, 
that is how we've been able to do what we've done. And it is so exciting that 100% of the proceeds that are raised from this project will go to serve the people in the Congo through Marcel's programs that you'll get to hear a little bit about later. But it's that collaboration that I really feel, like if, if the, the American churches are not at the forefront of responding to disasters and needs around the world, who will be there? And so I love the vision of the collaboration. And um, next week, we're going, um, on Tuesday morning, we're going to Chicago to have a meeting at Willow Creek with the Lynn Hybels and many, many other churches who have that same vision of mobilizing the local church across America and um, empowering them to make a difference in places that need our love and our support. Um, and just one quick story just to finish, very encouraging. We had um, everything was donated, designing and radio ads and publicity and newspaper articles. And the, the posters, which I'm sure you've seen around town, um, one of these posters was put up in a local business in town. And um, this woman called me out of the blue and she said, look, every year we put together a Christmas feast for all of our employees. There are 55 employees in the office. And she said, we've been looking at your poster and we really feel drawn to foregoing our feast and giving all the money that we would have spent on that to the people in the Congo. So this collaborative effort trickles down. It ripples far and that's what's most exciting. So I look forward to seeing you all later. Thank you, you guys say thanks for all the things that she does. World Relief Next is, is one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Uh, if you guys want to know more about it, if you have any questions about it, please contact Anne, contact me. If you want to get involved, if you want to serve, if you have some insane special skill that we don't know about and you want to leverage for people um, in the Congo or leverage for people somewhere in the world uh, that are vulnerable people, we would love to have that conversation with you. Uh, as Anne mentioned, we few of us had the opportunity to go over to Congo last April. And uh, we spent about four days in eastern Congo in a town called Goma. And we drove up north from Goma to a region called Ruchuru. And uh, the gentleman that received us is a guy named Marcel Sarabongo. He is a native Congolese who was born and raised in that region. Uh, he married a Congolese woman. He has eight Congolese children, three of which are adopted. Um, he has given his life to his neighbors. He's given his life to his community. He has a heart the size of this room. Um, he has an accent even better than Anne's, which is hard to believe. No offense, Anne, on that one. Um, so we're really grateful that he's that he's traveled all the way uh, from the Congo um, to be here today to share with us, uh, to be here tonight at the concert to share with us. Just a, a couple quick um, things to, to kind of understand the context of which Marcel lives and which he does ministry. Um, I brought a, a couple maps of uh, Africa, and so you can see Congo's right right there in the middle, um, Central Africa, the heart of it. It's a, it's, it's a massive country. It's, if you can picture Europe in your head, it's the size of Spain, France, Germany, Switzerland, um, all put together. It's, it's, it's huge. Uh, the equator runs right to the top third of the country, so you can believe that there's, there's no driving to church in eight degree weather and seven degrees, uh, you know, seven feet of snow like today. Um, very warm, very tropical, incredible climate, incredibly blessed with natural resources, um, gold, um, tungsten, tantalum, and tin, which are three minerals that uh, we mine to use in electronic products. Every single one of us in here that has a cell phone has those three minerals in them. Um, so we're connected to Congo, whether we know it or not. 
Um, and Marcel lives, um, if we can zoom in to uh, the other picture, and can see, so this is the very eastern border of, of Congo. You can see Kivu there real big. Over to the right, you see it borders Rwanda, uh, Uganda. Just south of Rwanda is Burundi. And uh, you can see Lake Kivu right here. There's Bukavu on the south side, and on the north side, there's a town called Goma. And uh, Goma is where Marcel lives. That's where the World Relief um, Congo office is located. And if you just go north up that dotted red line, you see that small town called Ruchuru, super close to the border of Uganda. And that's where we spent um, our time with Marcel. If you guys remember, back in 1994, there was a genocide, an ethnic conflict in Rwanda where 800,000 people were killed in the span of about three months. And that conflict, a lot of the tension from that conflict spilled over into Congo. Um, and that conflict is still there today. In the last 10 years, the UN estimates about 5.4 million people have died from war-related causes. Um, the UN compares that and they, they classify it as the greatest humanitarian emergency on the planet, as the greatest humanitarian conflict since World War II and the Holocaust. Um, and this is happening still, happening today. And this is the, the arena in which Marcel operates, that World Relief operates. Um, so this is a very uh, vulnerable place. Um, so we're very excited to receive uh, Marcel today. Marcel, if you could uh, if you could come on up here, and if you guys wouldn't mind, just give him a hearty bend. Welcome. I mean, we're walking walking down the street yesterday, laughing that you can see your breath here. I know it's. It's not a normal thing, so we know it's cold, and we apologize for that. No I, mean, I, no <laughs> I hope that's okay. Um, so, um, Marcel, all these beautiful people—they're yours um, for 30 minutes. Um, have fun. We're grateful that you're here to, to share your heart with us and share your work. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Uh, sometimes in Africa, we do not care with, with the with the time. <laughs> We can start in the morning until the evening, speaking, dancing, but uh, it's different here, I know. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I uh, praise the Lord for uh, this time. Once again, being in front of my brothers and sisters here in Ben. And uh, I would like to uh, bring the greetings from uh, World Relief Office from Goma. They send me greetings, so please receive those greetings in the, in the name of Jesus. And uh, my church, where I, at I attend, when I say that I'm, I'm going here, I'm coming here in the U.S., they said, please greet our brothers and sisters in the name of Jesus. So, uh, we have a short word we are going to share this, uh, this morning in uh, just 30 minutes. Uh, I'm going to ask my brother Matthew to read 1 Corinthians uh, 11, chapter 11, verse 11 through 14, and then seven, uh, 27. Chapter 12, yes, verse 12 to uh, 14, then you go to 27. 1 Corinthians 12, 12. For just as the body is one and has many members, 
and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. Verse 27, chapter 12. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Amen. Thank you, Matthew. Uh, today, uh, this morning, we are going to speak about the body of Christ. That is the, the theme we have this morning, for this short time we have. Uh, we know when Christ, Christ was here on earth, he was living in a human body. He could walk as we do. He could uh, touch people when he was healing them. He could speak as we speak. And he was living in a human body. And he did great things with uh, different parts of his body. He was walking and he he could reach people who were sick, touch them, and heal them. But now, Jesus is no longer living in a human body. He is no longer living on earth. He is living uh, in heaven. And until now, he is doing great things. He is operating miracles. He is healing people. He is doing many, many things which are wonderful. And we remember that he's not living in a human body, but he's using another kind of body, which is the body of Christ. And uh, that body, uh, sometimes that body, we say that it's a group of people. A group of people who uh, are not any people, but a group of people who uh, trusted in Jesus. Group of people who believed in Jesus and who chose, chose, chose to belong to Jesus and believe that he is their savior. That group, of, uh, that group of people, it's what we call the body of Christ. And those people can be, being a body of Christ, they are compared to a human body. When we read the Bible, as we read, we read here in uh, Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians 12, uh, verse 12, we see that the body of Christ, those people who belong to Christ, those people who trusted in Jesus as their Savior, as their Lord, those people are compared to a human body. And that human body, usually every human body has a head. Right? Yeah, we can start by the head. The main part is the head. And the head is a part which has as a role the thinking. The head must think, and after thinking, 
then they, it, it commands other members, other pastors of, 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 the, of the, the body to do this or this. So the head is the main part of the body. Because without the head, we can't speak about a body. Because that, uh, those, those parts will be buried and the man will not be there. But you can be there without a leg, without an arm. Because you have the head, we will say that you have a human body. So, the body of Christ, uh, being compared to a human body, has also a head. And that head is Christ himself. Praise the Lord. The human body has a head. That head has to think and then to give order to other members to do this and this. For example, I can think and say, this is not the right place this flower must be. And then after thinking, one of the parts, maybe the, the, the arm, will be commanded to take this flower and put it at the right place, right? Or I can use my, my leg and say, okay, I do this because I, I thought the thinking, the head thought and saw that, realized that this is not right. What will be right is to take out this flower and put it this way. So maybe because I'm suffering from the back. The head will command the, the leg to take out the flower and put it at the right place. Now we have the, the body of Christ has a head. And the head is Jesus himself. Jesus, he is the, the head or the leader or of all the parts of the body of Christ. He's the leader. It's him who will see that this flower is not, has, does not, uh, must not stay here, but must move from here to there. And Jesus will command one of the, the, the part of the body and tell him, please take this flower, put this there. And this part of the, the body of Christ, uh, you can't find them in one room, in one country. No. They are everywhere in the world. Congolese, those who believe in Jesus and chose Jesus as their Savior and Lord, those ones are part of this body. People in Bend who chose Jesus as their Lord and Savior, you are members of the body of Christ. People in Afghanistan, in Iraq, those small people, you know, there are uh, Muslim, but those small people, number of people who are there, who believe in Jesus, those ones are part of the body of Christ. And that's why in the morning I said that Jesus can ask you to go even in Af Afghanistan. He can ask you as a part of the body to go in Sudan 
you will not say no because when the head after thinking the the arm can't say can't say to the to the head no i will not take this flower put the that no usually when the head thought and command every member will respect what the head had had commanded right and then it's the same for jesus we find those parts of the body of Christ everywhere in the in the world everywhere everywhere those who received the gospel and uh, those who accepted the lord as their savior do all the, all those people are part of the body of Christ so jesus is the lead the leader it's the one who can tell you to do this and do not do this He's the one who can ask you, man, today you are here in Bern, you have a nice house, you have a nice job, but he can tell you, sell your house, go as a missionary in this country, very far. And you will not, not say no. And if, if you say no, I, I, I think that you can't say no. You, you can try to say no, but he will come in the dream and will say, I command you, I'm Jesus, I command you, sell the house I, get, I have given you and go to Afghanistan. They need the gospel. Go there and go to do my job, my ministry. Maybe you can escape. You see your house, you say, ah, how can I sell my house? It's too nice. How can I sell it? But... Because it's the leader who said, who spoke to you. Maybe you will see someone who will dream in the night and will come, who do not, doesn't know what is happening between you and the Lord. He will come and say, the Lord told me this night, I do not know, it's, it's crazy. He said, he told me to come to tell you that you have to sell the house and go to Afghanistan. And then you will say, oh, after some time, after a while, you will be obliged to sell the house and go. Because the leader, the head of the body of Christ, commanded you to, to, to sell and go. So this is uh, uh, a bit the, the picture of the body of Christ. All of us are, have, have been called just to uh, to be commanded by the Lord and uh, walk with Him because we are part of the body of Christ. You can be America, you are part of the body of Christ. I am an African, I am, party, uh, I am a part of the body of Christ. So all of us, you can realize that all of us, we are one, we are a same body. That's why when I'm here, because I am among brothers and sisters, I am one of the body to which you belong to. I, I am like a baby. Yeah, Mama Anne is taking care. I can say, Mom, I do not need coffee. Please cook. Immediately, Mom will run. And when she comes, I say, No, I need water. And she will go, and she's very happy to host me. So, I know that 
this is happening because we are all, all of us part of one body. In Jesus, in Jesus, in the body of, of Christ, there is no color. No color, no bazungu. You know bazungu? Bazungu, muzungu means uh, those who came in Africa, they know. And muzungu means uh, white man. So in Jesus, in that body, no bazungu. We are all the same. No black, no black man. No yellow, no. All of us are part of the body of Christ. And the, we have the same leader, who is Jesus, who can tell you, please stand up and go. And you must stand up and go. Uh, uh, sometimes I think how these people from uh, Bend came to Congo. We were there and then we had an email telling us that the church from Bend is coming to Congo. I said, those people, how did they come to know us? And I saw those people coming. I recognized one of them who was uh, Dan Brozzi. I, I worked with him. So he came. And we went everywhere in the rural area. And I, I said, they are coming. They came because they know there is parts of the body of Christ over there. That's why they are coming to join them. We said uh, in the morning that when one part is suffering, another part will suffer with that part. Right? Yeah. When we are part, all of us part in the same body, when the arm is suffering, the head will suffer, the leg will suffer, and all the parts will not have peace because one of the parts is suffering. And that's why you came, because you knew that the church in Africa, the church in Congo, has members who are suffering much because of the war. And that's why you said, we decide. We do not have much to feed people in Bern. But we have news that people in Congo, in Africa, are suffering. So let us take just a small thing and bring it to our brothers and sisters who are there because you realized that you and them all of, all of you both are parts of the body of Christ and uh, even us the context we are working in it's a context which is uh, very very hard very very difficult I remember in 2003 we left we left Goma and we went to assess the needs everywhere in, uh, in the rural areas. But everywhere, near the road, we were finding NGOs working there. They, could, they couldn't go far because they were just saying, in case we'll get in the car and run away. But we had news that, information that, there is uh, somewhere called Petty. It's somewhere far from Goma, far from all the, the small towns, villages. It's far in the forest. People are there suffering much. And then we said, we felt the Lord was asking us to go there. It was a very dangerous place with many rebel, rebels. 
And uh, in those days, one, one, of, one priest was killed on that way, and they burnt his, uh, his car. But we felt the Lord, the leader, the leader was saying, you must go there. You must go there. We were going this path, but it was not passing through. His voice was saying, you must go there to pity, to see those people who are suffering. The road uh, was become like, like a bush, because no one could go there after that uh, priest was killed. Then we said, we must go. Let's go. I have my brother called Kapalata. Uh, and together we took a car and we went. We went and we got in that bush. But people, before getting in the bush, people said, where are you going? This is another, another, another country. So go, but don't believe you will come back. But we, we, we remember that it's the Lord, the leader, who told us to go there, who pushed us to go there when we were just escaping. He said, no, you must go there. Then we went. And when we got just in the middle of the, of the forest, people who understood a car coming, they fled. They said, this is an attack. It means that they come to kill us. Then we went, and the rebels, the rebels came from the hills and went just to, uh, to, to, to wait for us, just to shoot us. And when we, get, we got to the entrance of the village, we saw behind, in front of us, left, right, people with guns like this. And I told Kapata, <laughs> finished. So this is the end. But it was not the end. Because the leader, the leader who asked us to go in the Bible, he says, I will be with you all the time until the end of the world. He was with us. And then he stopped the car. Kapalata was driving. He stopped. Then we got outside. And we said, we are a Christian NGO. We saw that others are not coming to help. Now we are coming to help. And immediately those guns fell down. And we got in the village. They tried to call people because they ran away. So they called them. And we had a meeting in the village. And after some days, we came for an assessment. We took the names. And after uh, around one week, we came and we saved those people. So I said this just to show you that when the leader said to do this to the part of the body, the part has to respect, to obey. And uh, in obeying, you will, you will be blessed. When you obey to the, to, the, to the word of the leader, of Jesus, the head of the body of Christ, Make sure you will be blessed. I know, I, I don't know, maybe in, the, in this group, in this church, you can have people who uh, had the voice of the Lord, 
the Lord maybe asked them to go somewhere for, for ministry. I do not know who, but it's possible. It's possible. And you, you, you are still fighting against the voice of the Lord. But I tell you, you will not win. You will not win. When the, the, the Lord, the leader, said, go, it's because he knows what is the role of you as a part of this body of Christ. He knows what he has given to you, what, what is the gift you have he has put in you. That's why he knows what is the need over there. And he knows that by you arriving there, you will be very important. You will be used powerfully and people will be responding to their needs. So, brothers and sisters, uh, if, if maybe you heard Jesus' voice telling you to do this, please, please do not hesitate. Do not hesitate. Because uh, in hesitating, you can maybe don't please the Lord. And if you do not please the Lord, you will not be blessed. You know, we, we need many, many things. We need many, many help, a lot of help from the Lord. Uh, in whatever position we are, we need many, many, a lot of help from the Lord. And the Lord work, works with people who obey to His voice as the leader. When He asks you to do this, Please do, because he will be with you all the time, blessing you, leading you, giving you wisdom, and he will face even all the problems which will start to stop you to continue with the ministry. That's why it's important for a part of the body of Christ to be in good relationship with the head, with Lord, with Jesus, who is the leader, and who is using everyone according to the gift he has put in, in you, in me. And uh, the same situation we are facing now is uh, that uh, we have many people going back from the, the camp because the security is coming back. So many people are going back to their villages. And in the villages, now it's a bush because they spend more than three years without getting to their homes. Now the government said, you must go because uh, no rebels are living there, so it's safe. But they are going empty-hand. They are going in the bush, all the houses destroyed. So they do not have anything. But we, what relief? And the local church in, in, uh, in DRC, God is calling us to follow those people and minister to them. We do not know how safe that, that area is. You know, when rebels can come and join the government, maybe some will say no. And they can, some can stay there with guns. When we go there, we can be shot. But... Because the Lord is calling us 
is asking us to go there, we must go. We can't say no. No, we can't. We will go because we know that he said, I will be with you all the time until the end of the world. So, you have, uh, brothers and sisters, you have a, a, a great work to do to support us. Support us in prayer. So that when we go, we have God's protection upon us. We have angels from the, the Lord coming alongside with us. And uh, it's, it's not easy. That's why I can come back to what Matthew said. Working with word relief for word relief, it's not for salary. It's more a calling. Because many people, what they, they do, they say, okay, let us go near. If the needy people are just near Goma, let us go in this village. But all the NGOs, most of the NGOs are going just near. And what will happen with those who are to the, the remote area? What will happen? We have to go and uh, believe that the one who is giving us that order to go will be with us and will protect. So to conclude, I will say that, uh, brothers, we must be uh, proud to know that Congolese, Americans, Europeans, people from Asia, all of us are one body. You know, it's, uh, it's uh, something very strong, very powerful to see all of us together being one body. Because nothing can be impossible when we come together as one body. Nothing can be impossible. We can change this world, I tell you. We can change it. If really everyone can recognize that we are all of us part of the same body, the body of Christ. We love one another. We get in communication. We pray for one another. And even when it comes to minister, we come together, we say, what can we do together? I tell you, we can do great things. And uh, that is what is required. We as the body of Christ, let us join our effort together. Let us join our time together, our effort together, our resources together, and do what the head or the leader is asking us to do, to serve the most vulnerable. You know, he will say, I was naked, I was hungry, I was without shelter, I was without school fees, I was then, when you did that for the small one, it's for me you did that. And uh, I tell you, we'll be surprised when Jesus will stand and say, when you, you gave me to eat, you gave me school fees. And you say, Jesus, I, I was born when you were, you were left already for heaven. You didn't attend the schools in Ben. When did I give you scholarship? And he will tell you when you did that for that person who is who was that orphan who was in Darfur, it's to me you did that. So, brothers and sisters, let us be connected. 
let us have a good relationship with our Lord, the head of this body of Christ. And let us know that all of us are one. We are one body. Let us unite our effort and be bound to the Lord and obey uh, the Lord's voice when he asks us to do this or this. Let us do. And uh, very soon, we'll be leaving. I saw our singers, they said, we are going to fly away. Yeah, very soon. Very soon, it, it will not be a problem of, of, uh, of uh, flight. I was lost in, uh, in, in the airport. But that day, I will fly and no one will say, oh, you didn't have your, the ticket. You didn't check in. You didn't. No, no. That day, no check in. Everyone will fly. And in front of the Lord, I tell you, we will be surprised because Jesus will be there waiting for us. And he will say, welcome, my, 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 uh, my kids. Welcome. Because you, you must sit and receive and eat with me and rejoice because I was hungry, you fed me. I was nicked, you, give, you gave me clothes. I was in bad situation, then you came to, to help. And you will say, when? But uh, I think that this morning, we know what we have to do and uh, we have to be sure what we are doing is not in vain. Very soon, when we fly away, we are going to be rewarded by our Lord, our leader, who is asking us to do this and this. When we obey, let us be sure that when we fly away, we are going to meet all what we are doing there in heaven and we will be rewarded. So, God bless you, brothers, for coming for hosting me here and uh, i tell you i'm i'm very very glad to be with you and uh, i feel at home i do not see the, the color of the the, the skin no I, I am just like i could be uh around my my eight kids with my wife so you are my, my brothers you are my sisters and I'm grateful for this time you gave to me just to greet you and share with you this small word. So God bless you very much. Amen.